need a milli to the face Get the cake, stay low and stay out the way GGG, Gino Green ain't rockin' bait Elevated, I'm in the home Welcome back to the All Things Sports Podcast Season 2, Episode 25 It's your host Julian, my co-host Justin Antoine is here, as always How y'all boys doing? It's good that it's Friday, but it's just a sad day around the South Florida area. Obviously, it's a sad day in the Los Angeles area for separate reasons. You know, rest in peace, Nipsey Hussle, because last week I didn't even get to mention it. Not that I didn't get to, I just didn't. So, But Dwayne Wade is done with basketball, and I know this hits hard for some of us. It doesn't hit hard as much for all of us, but what Dwayne Wade did throughout his 16-year career just was proving his greatness uh, to everybody that watched. He's a top three shooting guard in the league. He's um, the Heat's franchise leader in almost every stat, good and bad. He's a three-time champion, five-time finals appearances, finals MVP winner, 13-time All-Star, two-time leading scorer, Eight-time All-NBA, first team twice, second team three times, third team three times. His most recent in 2013. Three-time All-NBA defensive team, NBA All-Rookie first team, scoring champ in 09. He won the MVP in 09 in my eyes. He was robbed mm-hmm. by LeBron James. Um, he won the skills challenge in back-to-back years. He's the only player six foot four and under to record 700 blocks. He's the first player of at least six foot four inches or shorter to register 100 blocks in a season. Only player in NBA history to accumulate 2,000 points, 500 assists, 100 steals, 100 blocks in one season. One of five players in NBA history to record at least 2,000 points, 500 assists, and 150 steals in a season. And we're talking about Michael Jordan, Allen Iverson, Larry Bird, and LeBron as the only others to do it. He's the youngest player in NBA history to average 30 points in an NBA final series en route to a championship, which he had 34 in 06. And he's tied for first in most points in a fourth quarter NBA finals game with 17. And the people on that list, Shaq, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Russell Westbrook. He's also won a gold medal in China, 2008. And he had a freaking triple-double in his last game. 30 points in his last game in Miami. So there's no denying his greatness. All it is is just appreciation from now on because it's never going to come back. That was my monologue. (laughs) Anybody wants to share some thoughts about Dwayne Wade because this is one of our last moments. Yeah. You know who else was on that 2008 Olympic team? Mm-hmm. Bunch of niggas. Yeah. Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> All right. Nah, Dwayne Wade is a legend, man. He, he's swaggy good dude. You can't really dislike him. Um, you know what I'm saying? I'm not emotionally attached to him like y'all are. Mm-hmm. But definitely mad respect to me as a great player. My mind. I mean, in case anybody was wondering... He's definitely better than Paul Pierce. I just felt like we had to go on air live. ESPN actually asked 
is who had a better career, Dirk or Dwayne? Yeah, I was like, are we really doing Like, are we wasting segments now? That's what ESPN did? I mean, Max and Stephen A. were on vacation, so, you know, they had Will Kane, Hollins, and Dominic Foxworth there. And uh, a host from WWE, as we saw. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that host. So. You don't know her, look her up. Charlie. Charlie. I don't even know her last name. I started by Charlie. Yeah. What was it? Right? Charlie. WWE Charlie. Yeah, you can go on the WWE Instagram, you'll find her. Like she's on Sound there. But yeah. Anyway, but, I mean, Dwayne Wade, I can feel like, definitely put basketball in Miami on the map. I think he definitely took over and solidified as being the number one sports athlete to ever play in Miami across all sports, all Florida sports. I think he definitely overtook Dan Marino by far. For sure. He won championships. He's won, yeah, he's won three championships. June listed off all the accolades, all that. And to top it all off, this dude is a pillar in the community. There's a We call it Wade County for a reason. And it's they need to give Dwayne uh, Biscayne, by the way. Yeah, it's not just what he does off the court. It's what he does, or does not uh, not just what he does on the court, but also off the court. So we're forever grateful and thankful to have had Dwayne Wade, and now we just gotta wait for Wade two point and Zaire. <laughs> <laughs> Literally number two. Exactly. I just real quick, I wanted to ask you your favorite Dwayne Wade moment. Oh, that's easy. Two thousand six NBA Finals. Because that is what got that me. That was a dap right there. That is what got me into basketball. I remember I was just, at that point in time, I was just getting into sports. And I remember being at my grandparents' house. Grandfather, huge Heat fan. I can hear him from across the hall screaming at the TV while we're playing the Mavericks. And, I, and that was the first time I, you know, like I said, I was watching it, watching the whole thing. We were down 0-2. I felt that. <laughs> I felt being down 0-2. That's scared. You were scared. Like, just getting into basketball, I already felt the emotion because I knew what it meant. And then we just turned it around. And Dwayne Wade, that, the picture that's forever like in my mind whenever I think of basketball is Dwayne Wade taking that ball, throwing it up in the air, celebrating. That's crazy because I was thinking about it the other day. I've been on like this Dwayne Wade week for the last two weeks, going hard. Just been watching mad old highlights. Just taking the trips down memory lane, documentaries. But I was thinking, what's my favorite Dwayne Wade moment? And I was like, yo, there's so many moments like that he had, but it's the championship. It's it, like there's no other, like literally the moment when he threw the ball in the air is the moment. Mm -hmm. That's literally how I feel as well. So it's like the fact that you didn't say, you know, Chicago game winner, right? This is my house, which was. One of his biggest moments in his career, mm -hmm. if not his biggest, like, like, noise-making moment, but solidifying himself with Shaq, because that's where it all started. It took LeBron to get Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh to play with him to win his first championship. It's gonna take. It took uh, Kobe, Shaq. So and look at the light we look at Kobe. Right, um, it took Jordan, Pippen, Rodman, Kerr, and so on and so forth. 
And it took him time. Dwayne Wade won his first championship in his third year. Right? It was, And it was like, okay, Dwayne Wade, rookie year, goes to the playoffs, plays in his first playoff game, and in game one, he hits a game winner against Charlotte in the first round of the playoffs. Like, this is just destiny at this point. So then it comes down to the point where they beat them. They play Indiana, Reggie Miller team, and in his rookie year, he lost to them in 3-2. He lost to them 3-2, I believe. And then he came back the next year. It was like, I'm not losing. I'm getting past the second round. And then he goes, he plays the Pistons. And that's when I believe we got Shaq his second year. Or did we? Yeah, we got him his second year, correct? Or his third year? year. It was the championship year Shaq came in? So then he right because Wade played the Pistons in the Eastern Conference Finals and we lost in Game Seven, I think, at home to the Pistons in the Eastern Conference Finals. And then Wade was like, "Yo, I'm not losing to the Pistons." Yeah. And Pat Riley gets Shaq. Lamar Odom's gone. Karan Butler's gone. Uh, Brian Grant is gone. Eddie Jones was gone. And these were like my. This is one of the reasons why I started watching the Heat. Now, didn't we still have Eddie for the championship? I don't think we had Eddie for. Did we? Yeah, I think we did. You, we did. Wow. I I remember that team. Like I said, I remember Eddie. Yeah, for sure. Antoine Posey Williams. I think it was Antoine and Posey that made the noise that Eddie Jones like should have made. Because Eddie Jones didn't have a great series, you know what I mean, in the finals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like they they definitely overshadowed, you know, things like Jason Williams, yeah, Gary Payton. Yeah, I think Eddie was coming off the bench at that point. Yeah. But nonetheless, getting back to, um, you know, he, the first time he gets an all-star player to play with him, he's like, all right, this is it. That's all I need to win. And they win the game. And then his knees, he had those knees, you know what I'm saying, it was years of like this love hate with Dwayne Wade as a fan. It was like, damn, he's so inconsistent because you like him so much, you expect him to do what he always did when he was younger. But it kind of warmed down. But getting LeBron James and Chris Bosh and forming that was was the smartest thing that the Heat did. And uh, yeah, man, that's Dwayne Wade's. My favorite Dwayne Wade moment is every fadeaway jumper he took. So pure. It's 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 next to Jordan too. People say Kobe played like Jordan, and not to say Dwayne Wade was like Jordan, but that fadeaway, that spin fadeaway. Yeah. Whenever I think of Dwayne Wade, and then the hezzy, I mean the, the pump fade. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah. I mean, even his game in Brooklyn, they, they you know they they think they posted on the Miami Instagram said sixteen seasons they still don't know not to jump on the fake. Yeah. Oh yeah, they did post that. They had like a whole breakdown of uh-huh. how many people he's gotten. Yeah. Who's gotten the most they say John the, Salmons yeah. was the most got <laughs> pump fake. They said the reason they fall for the pump because it's so close to his actual like natural shot. Yeah, he gives you the, the like slow motion like eyes are locked in and you think it's like, all right, damn, he's squared up. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, all right. And think about this. From 15, 14 years ago, he was flash. So if he goes like this and you and you 
don't, he's going to hit the shot. Like, if you don't react, he's going to hit the shot. And if you react, he's going to blow by you or he's going to draw that contact. And it's not going to – you're not going to win that. Like, Dwayne Wade was the type of player that it was like you know he's about to take over. And if he's taking over, he's going to do it. If he's going to hit the late shot, you feel like, yeah, he's about to hit this. If he doesn't, you're like, what? It wasn't like, oh, LeBron's going up for the game winner. Oh, is he going to hit it? Nah, bro. You put the game in Dwayne Wade's hand, and he's taken over games countless amount of times. And it's crazy that we didn't appreciate it as much as we should have. Like, just everybody in general. I know we loved it and we felt it, but the appreciation for actually seeing how he took over the Miami teams that we had. Like, we had okay teams. And Dwayne Wade was driving. It would be down 12 in the fourth quarter of the playoffs elimination game. Dwayne Wade scored the last 17 points of the game. Like, that's the type of player he was. You couldn't stop that boy, bro. You stop. I remember when, when we played the Magic and Orlando jumped that 55 piece. Mm. That was nice. Mm. There's so, like you said, and New there's York. so many. And there's, like, there's certain things that all great players have. They always have a big game in, in the garden, and they have like that iconic yeah. like thing that they do. Yeah. Like Dirk had the fadeaway. Kobe had his fadeaway. Wade got the pump fade. Like everybody got that iconic thing that they do that you, you can't stop. You plan for it, you know it's going to happen, but... You can't what, stop it. What you going to do? His IQ, if we can get into that real quick, is another factor of the game. It's like he sees it at another level. I And it's crazy. I was watching a documentary, as I said, and in Marquette, when he went to Marquette, he had to sit out his freshman year because he failed a test, like a school test that he needed. And his coach at the time, Tom Crean, uh, was basically like, all right, well, you're going to like sit with the coaches for freshman year of college and you're going to take notes on games and you're going to get on players when they don't do good. Like he put that in him mm-hmm. and made him like have to be the leader. Not to say that Dwayne didn't want it, but he he just embedded it in him so that when he came in sophomore year, that's when he took his team to the Final Four. You know what I'm saying? Like, and and he's always since Miami. Like he, you've never seen him phased at a point of of pressure. Always had that calm look on his face, serious face. He'll make a crazy shot and just stare at everybody like he was mad. That's you know what I'm saying? Going with you got one of the best poker faces. You don't know what's going on. You don't know what's gonna happen until it happens. He Even did. as fans, like we knew it was gonna happen, but like you didn't know exactly because like you don't know which way it's gonna yeah. happen. That's what the defenders are thinking too. Like, what is he gonna do? Because if he pulls up and shoots or does this, and then when he started getting into his last three years, he would just play with defenders, uh, shoulder, 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 fade away. And it's just like at this point, <laughs> that jump shot's so automatic that he's just whenever you're ready, I'll shoot. <laughs> yeah. Dwayne Wade, man. So that's Dwayne Wade. I think we spent like 15 minutes on it. We, I could go for an hour. But we, <laughs> well, we got some other stuff to talk about. And another. Yeah, who else is quitting basketball? Quitting basketball? <laughs> <laughs> Magic Johnson. Damn, we could slide right there. Segway. <laughs> he said, <laughs> "You can't compare Dwayne Wade's exit. You didn't get no last one last dance." He said, "I'm not gonna be there." <laughs> that's, that's, that, that's that Vontae Davis exit. Yeah, halfway through the game. Yeah. 
I mean, at least he waited until the season ended. Literally right when the season ended. He's like, I need all offseason for myself. <laughs> it was truly just him not wanting to do this thing. Like, this GM lifestyle ain't for me. Yeah, it's, it's work. It's not... You don't just call people. There's paperwork to it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, and it's not just be on ESPN and yeah. talk and grab players. No. It's every day evaluating your team and seeing in what ways you can be better. Maintaining relationships. We're talking about a whole and then and then the Lakers. Yeah. Big thing. It's not Sacramento, Vladi Divac. It's not San Presti OKC. As good as OKC is, it's not as prestigious and historic as Boston, as LA, as you know, now Miami would be when whenever those hands are given away. It's like and not even comparing Boston and my and LA to Miami in the sense of like old rich, but it's just they have the old rich, but it's also the the name. It holds too much weight. There's like a standard, you feel me? And in Miami, there's a standard. So Magic just it's too much. It's too much. What's crazy to me is that this is his this is his franchise. You know what I'm saying? Like this is a part of his franchise that he literally built on the court. And well, he should have known the, that the pressure was there. Yeah, he should, definitely should have realized that, especially with the team that he had and the fact that they didn't always win, even with that team. So that that really should have told him something. Um, I think, like, listen, you got LeBron James on your team. What do you, what do you think this is? But no, but that's exactly what he thought it was. That's exactly that's what I was going to say. Like, he didn't understand. Like, he wanted LeBron James so bad, but he just didn't understand the responsibility and the pressure. Like, what the? Like, have... Did he literally think like a fan like us saying like, well, when LeBron goes to a team, like, he's like the GM. Like... I, 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 think, <laughs> I, I think he felt that in the sense. That's crazy, we bro. saw it in Miami. Once we got LeBron, we attracted a Shane Battier. Yeah. Mike Miller. Ray Allen, and he didn't see that effect. But you got to remember Pat Riley sitting in that chair. So yeah, LeBron brought him, Mm -hmm. and in Cleveland was different uh, when he came back because he got drafted to Cleveland, and then that's that's why he had the the team. Yeah, he had the teams he had. But when he came back, it was more like they had Kyrie, and he really kind of just had to recruit Kevin Love. You know what I'm saying himself, and that worked. But he. Ray Allen coming to the Heat, Shane Battier coming to the Heat, Mike Miller coming to the Heat. This is, yeah, obviously LeBron, you're going to see the want to play with LeBron. But for Ray Allen to want to play with LeBron, he also wanted to play for Pat Riley's and Pat Riley and the Miami Heat. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like Magic Johnson has to understand. Well, it's too late now, but he didn't go into it understanding that. The Heat, when LeBron was on the Heat, that's his cushion orange juice. And people have been expecting him to reproduce those years for a while now. I don't see how. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I that's true. But I don't see how you would expect him to do what he did in Miami. What he did in Miami was very, very historic. And what, like... And it was a different era. And he and was younger. He, and, yeah, it's like now you got to be able to, like, help the man. You know what I'm saying? He he's been carrying teams. He carried Cleveland, even though they had that those good teams that got past the East. The East was not what it was today because if Cleveland has that team, 
this year, they can still possibly get knocked out of the first round. I mean, he carried Miami in that last year. Before, before, before he departed. Carried. I mean, yeah, it's just a, it's a different... It's the same LeBron, but at a different point in time. Like, you have to understand... Like I said, it's the good and the bad that comes with having LeBron. The good part is you have LeBron, who many still say the best player in the world. It's your job to surround him with the right personnel. But at the same time, when you have a LeBron who's been to... Well, previously been to nine straight finals, and you have him on a four-year deal... And especially, he's not getting any younger. Like, your window is probably tighter than it has been for other GMs in the past. And, like I said, he has a full body of work. You're understanding what is being brought to your franchise. You're understanding the task at at hand. You just have to deliver. And, obviously, Magic couldn't deliver. And a lot of things people were saying that Genie Buss put a lot of pressure on Magic. Come on, man. Or gave him, actually gave him too much that leeway. that yeah, that much, makes yeah, more him, sense. Yeah, too much leeway but putting pressure, first of all, man, like this is the NBA. Like Magic Johnson, it's Magic Johnson. But it's just like, yo, if you don't come, somebody's gonna come and do this job, and somebody's gonna try to do it to the best ability. Like, yeah, the pressure's already there, bro. Like, mm-hmm. no matter if you're Magic Johnson or if you're Sam Presti or who, the pressure of just being a GM is there. Now you're the pressure. Now you're the GM of the Lakers. Like, doesn't matter who you are. That's pressure. You, there's no way that you should be like blind going into this technically, and it's like I'm glad that he realized. Like it's good the way he did it in a sense because it's like it could have just got worse. Like the Lakers would have just kept falling because right now for the last six six years I think they haven't made the playoffs. Like the Knicks won a playoff game more recently than the Lakers have, mm-hmm. and it's just like. For this drought to be happening, this is not the time to take, like, that extra tumble of, like, big chunk of rock. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I'm glad Magic Johnson was able to be like, listen, this ain't for me. Like. Yeah. I wish Phil would have did that. They, that's what it is. If Phil would have done that, the Knicks could have possibly already turned this around. But at the same time, Magic has, well, in his eyes, he has reason to leave. Like, he's leaving towards something. If Phil left, right. Phil, Phil, didn't, right. Phil, Phil didn't would have, have been anything. sitting at home. Yeah, Phil, yeah. He didn't have anything to occupy his time. A lot of Magic was saying, you know, like, for example, he brought up how he's been uh, brought up on tampering charges. When right. all it really is is people want to go to him for guidance and when they want to work with him, like kind of how like Tatum did with Kobe. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people do with Elijah right. Warren in the offseason. Yeah, sure. And he said he couldn't because of the position that he was in. He's like, And he brought up the Ben Simmons situation. Uh, ben Simmons want to work with him, and I think Ben Simmons needs to work with him. And he's like, I can't do that. So he said he's basically better off. He sees himself better off and having more fun as a more like an ambassador right. for the game. As he like, was. Yeah, like he was. Like he was prior. a year ago. That's the crazy part. My thing is, though, like, I understand you want to be in that position. And there's no fault. The, the fault is that, listen, bro, like. Did you not think this through when you like signed to be the GM of the Lakers? Like, did you not think in one year that That's you was gonna I feel some type of way? I hear he wants to be able to tell uh, NBA players what to do, but he realized that um, being a GM just comes with too many yeah restrictions. So now he's gonna go back to just telling NBA players what to do, but then being able to just walk out on it. Basically, and to sum it up in lamest terms. 
he wants to be magic. He don't want to be Irving. Yeah. That's, that's basically what it is. And in, in, in the front office, you got to be Irving. But he just wants to go back to being magic. That's pretty much what it is at this point. Magic, like, man, I'm trying to. It just doesn't make sense to me where, like, the way he did it. Mm-hmm. Because if you were going to talk to the media regardless, why not wait till the morning, right? He did it during the Lakers game. One. Two, he didn't even tell his boss, who is Genie Bus, Who found out when everybody else did. Three, you go and talk to the media and have like your own press conference and like you're crying, you're sad, you're happy. At least do it like, an hour after the game or like you said the next day. Right. So as prestigious as the Lakers are and the big name and respect that we give Magic Johnson, that was pretty low of him to do to the franchise. That that, that's what I thought. I thought that was very his unpro- name. unprofessional. Apparently from other reports that I heard. Like, were you drunk, bro? Him, <laughs> uh, Jeannie Buss and Rob Palinka, who I think Rob Palinka needs to be out of there too, because the only reason he's there is because Kobe. So I think yeah, he's, he needs to he's get up out of there. Yeah, he needs to get up out of there too. But apparently they had a meeting, I think it was like three hours prior, and she gave Magic the green light to get rid of Luke Walton and the whole yeah. stuff. Like, if that's not, like, basically, if that's not what you want, do, do what you want. Like, she gave him, like, as far as, like, coming to the the basketball aspect of things, she gave him the full green light for whatever, and she'll handle the business aspect. But I think when that happened, he just realized, like, this is, like, a lot of pressure. This is maybe too much power. This is not what I signed up for. Like, I'm not, like you said, like, he was wants to be liked and, you know, go along his merry way. When he realized that, you know, you're basically taking bread off of somebody else's table, he's kind of like, nah, I'm, I'm not really down for this. This is, too much for me now when I signed up for I need to I need to get out. Yeah, and he was just honest about it, but still better ways to handle it. Yeah, that. there was better ways. That's that's the summed up term. Now they're looking for a coach, so Well Tyler was apparently the front runner. <sighs> I, I would love to see Mark Jackson become an NBA coach for a good franchise in a winning situation he again. Needs to be. He needs to but be. I don't think that this situation is the best for no. Because it's that you're getting your you're getting yourself into what you're not sure of. I don't think Mark Jackson would put up with it. Put up with the Genie Bus, put up with the Ron The LeBron Bush. James either. To be honest. I think I think LeBron would, would respect Mark Jackson. But it's it's not but the problem but now we're seeing that everybody's saying LeBron, 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 LeBron has a hand in this and that. But now we're really seeing it goes far beyond LeBron. Like they say the the fish rots from the head down and apparently up top Everything ain't all good. Yeah, but everything wasn't all good in um, Cleveland either. Uh, in that second stint, and David Blatt, mm-hmm. what happened? Right, they lose in the finals. And I mean, just to but, think, LeBron doesn't have a say in that. Like you, you fire a head coach and you have LeBron on your team. Do you think that question goes unasked to LeBron? You don't think he has an opinion on that? Of course, LeBron has opinion. You have to give LeBron an opinion. So then it's like LeBron because, we, and it's not even just at the end of the day, Mark Jackson's future can be based is based on LeBron's opinion. 
So that's why I don't like that situation for him because he don't deserve that. And not to say that he would put up with it, but there's things that you don't. It doesn't matter if you put up with it or not. Like, why did Luke Walton have to put up with LeBron drinking wine and sitting six seats down from his teammate? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I just feel like as far as like the whole Lakers situation, I kind of feel like it's the same thing with Dallas. How like Jerry Jones just keeps Jason Garrett around just because he's a, you know. And we you, might see you, that you, this you year. You tell them jump PS how high. We like might see that this year because I, I feel like that's what they're looking for. They're not extending they're looking for his contract. Not to get into football, but they're not. Jerry Jones said he's not going to extend Jason Garrett until offseason if that comes. So he's basically on that better make a move, better win some playoff games. And that's because, like you said real quick, and that's because of what they've established on the field and the talent they've accumulated right. on the field. And where the Lakers, all you have is a LeBron James. Yeah. So you can throw in a Kyle Kuzma in there if you want, but aside from those two, what else you got? Lonzo's hurt. We don't know. You know. We, actually, we don't even know if Lonzo how much longer Lonzo's going to be there. Brandon Ingram, we don't know how healthy he's going to come back, especially with that blood clot yeah. issue he has. Same. Yeah. There's a kind of comparing it to like somewhat of what uh, yeah. this boss had. Real quick with Lonzo, there was a report that he was going to get surgery from an unauthorized doctor on his ankle. Mm. But the team, like, there's a there's a breach in his contract, if that's how you say it. But if he would have done it, they have the rights to just, like, done his deal. You feel me? Gotta, gotta read. And he was like, line, they kind of, Genie Bus sent the airplane for him, and, like, they told him not to and he was like alright but he's still kind of on the fence about it so it's like it's pretty weird put it this way it, it will tell what, what Lonzo <laughs> like if Lonzo wants to get him out of there if Lonzo tries to be out if, if Lonzo really wants out and he's like you know what this this is more than what I signed up for this is not what mm-hmm. I need for my career right now I still have I mean he could still I feel like you know he could be like a the D'Angelo Russell effect. If he went to the right team, he could blossom, and we could see the you know the real potential of, of what he's doing. So he does have the power that if he wanted to, he could. All right, if that's the case, exactly. I'm gonna do it. Or if he's really about but th- that, that risk is the health concern of now our team's gonna want you with that ankle was touched from this unauthorized doctor. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It could be serious. Ankle injuries are serious. Like those are something that could be ongoing for your career. Yeah. And if you're out here trying to just like finesse a way out, it's like I don't know. So I don't think Lonzo's gonna end up doing that. I still think he's gonna benefit off playing with LeBron James in his career. I, I so agree. I agree. The Lakers for now, I feel like they need to chill for like five days, just 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 let it breathe. Because this offseason is big. Crucial. Crucial. And in the midst of everything, crucial. Magic Johnson's like... Oh, how, how does Shark Tank be? They'll be like, I'm out. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm out. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go see how my Dodgers are doing. Yeah, basically. So, enough of the Lakers. Um, I know another basketball topic we wanted to get into was the Kyle Korver Players Tribune article. Yes, sir. Very interesting. 
very real, very humble, like full of humility. Enlightening. That too. I so. feel like, well, everybody listening to this podcast, I would assume is at some way, shape, or form interested or involved in sports. But even if you're not, I feel like this is a piece that everybody should read. Like, regardless of sports or whatever, like everybody should read this piece. He had some quotes in there. And I wanted to actually, I have some quotes here that I wanted to um, talk about specifically. And I know you probably did as well. We might have some of the same ones. Um, We don't have to go over all of them, but the conversation is so interesting that it's like, makes you think about it. So one quote he said was, there's an elephant in the room that I've been thinking about a lot over these past few weeks. It's the fact that demographically, if we're being honest, I have more in common with the fans in the crowd at your average NBA game than I have with the players on the court. So it's like, damn. Yeah, the NBA is what, like 70% black? You said 75%. 75% black to 25% either white, Asian. Yeah, he said 25, I mean 75% color, and then yeah, the other one's made up of all everything else. It's like the jazz fan at the game was more likely to be Kyle Corver's uncle than one of his cousins like playing with him. You know what I'm saying? Like there's no Yeah. That was kinda Yeah, but you get what I'm saying. Right, right, right. Well I mean he he kind of he kind he kind of uh brought up that point. He's basically said, you know, that he has more in common with the fans that attend the game than the players in the league. Yeah. Like, just, you know, by, by the way he looks and, you know, carries himself, like, you know, if you've seen him, you you know, he has more. And then it goes back to, you know, the, like you said, the demographic. And it's just, I, this, I feel like this needed to be said. Like, it needed to be said. It needed to be said. And it's crazy because I try not to make everything about race but the bottom line is we live in America and as and sometimes we venture into that shade of gray but majority of the things are black and white and I mean that in a very literal sense Facts. that's you know that's just where we are and for you know him to come out and he talked about the, the Tavosophilosia incident that happened uh, back when they were both teammates on the Hawks and how, you know, they're going to New York. The second night for back-to-back, Tavo was out at the club, got arrested. Broke, they, you know, the police broke his leg, mm. and he missed, and he had to miss the rest of the, that, that season. You, you know, he was on, there was a season and the injury. Um, they settled out of court with, the, you know, with the police department, and, you know, the NYC yep. police department. And he was saying how, that the, you know, the team... Had, had a group chat and you know he said the group chat's going off it's crazy you know saying you know what happened to Tabo you know they say he broke you know they're just talking about it and he said and he openly said and he's like you know I'm ashamed of it he's like but I want to say it because I want people you know to realize you know, mm-hmm. it's not that I you know I'm racist or anything like that it's just me you know being real be, be, yeah being real and basically be, he's saying because you know being white and being privileged and the situation, how he's in compared to, you know, Tavo or his other teammates, 
he, you know, his first initial thought was not if Tabo was okay or what was going on. His first initial thought was why was Tabo Cephalosha out in the club on the night of a back-to-back? And that's real. And that, yeah, that, and that's That's real, especially real. as a teammate, mm-hmm. whether you're white or black. Because I'm sure he had another teammate or a coach that was black and felt the same way at first. You know what I'm saying? Obviously not thinking of what the escalation happened, like, to the extent that it happened. But at first, when you hear about it, you're thinking, like, I mean, dude. What are you doing? Yeah. So, And it's not to say it's on you. Because, nah, if you want to go out to the back-to-back, uh, go out to the club on the second night of, or in the middle of the back-to-back night. Yeah, it was the second night of the back-to-back. And and you're going to be ready in the morning and ready for the game. That's on you. But not to say that that should have happened to you because you went to the club, right? Like, And the fact that it did was just one of those pol- police brutality uh, incidents where it was kind of in the heat of the moment, too, because a lot of things were happening. Not to say that a lot of things still don't happen, but a lot of things were happening specifically around that time in 2015, and we kind of saw this as like, damn, this is just like an NBA player. Like, it's gotten to this extent, right? And then we saw it again with this, what is it, Sterling Brown, 2017, I think yeah, it was. Yeah. So, did you have a quote that you that you wanted to yeah, did, talk about? Yeah. What is your next quote that you want to talk about? Because I want to see if it's the next one I was in. Yeah, there's a lot, but the, you know, one of the main ones mm. that really stuck with me, and he goes... What I'm realizing is, no matter how passionately I commit to being an ally, and no matter how unwavering my support is for NBA and WNBA players of color, I'm still in this conversation from the privileged perspective of opting into it. Which, of course, means that on the flip side, I could just as easily opt out of it. Every day, I'm given that choice. I'm granted that privilege based on the color of my skin. That's deep. So basically, what he's saying is how, let's say you, you have a common in, in issue. Let's say the Russell Westbrook uh, issue, for example. You have, you know, a white man and a black man. A black man could say, you know, how racist it is and how, you know, that fan is out of line. He's being wild. Everything like that. And... Well, people, you'll get some people that, you know, oh, yeah, I agree with him, you know, everything like that. But you're also going to get the same group of people or another group of people that would attack him for saying that because they're immediately going to say it's about race. Well, newsflash, yeah, yeah, it is. And then what Kyle Corbett is saying, how you could have a white man say the same thing, but it won't be latched onto him. It won't be attached to him. He could just say it. Get it out there, and then just fade into the background, mm-hmm. and it's not live with the consequences of saying, mm-hmm. you know, and have basically no repercussions. Yeah, no repercussions, and it's 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 a thousand percent it's true. true. Yeah, it's true, and he knows it. He knows it firsthand. Like think about think about this. I think about this because I grew up in a Hispanic culture, right? Mm-hmm. And I know people who've grown up in all types of cultures, but I can relate more to when I walk into my friend's house that's Jamaican 
or my friend's house that's just just African American in general mm-hmm. than when I walk into my friend's house that's white. Like I relate more to the cultured house, and this is more in the sense of uh, normalities I'd say in the house, not like maybe what things look like because there might be something in my white friend's house that would you would see in my house. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's not about that. It's about the etiquette in the house and the and the the way you you things go on in the house. The you know culture, what I'm saying? The household. Yeah, right. You know, the household holds a different name in a cultural setting. Mm-hmm. So I can relate more to that. And he is on that other side. And it's not to say there's anything wrong with it, but it's just less relatable. So for him to be speaking this first person, you know, uh, perspective on that quote you just said is it can only be a thousand percent true. Right. It's crazy. I had another quote and this one was another, obviously true. I mean, he was speaking from the heart and he's not going to sit here and write a story and just try to lie to people. He's literally just being genuine and, and, and full of humility. Like I said, so he said, this wasn't only about Russ and some heckler. It was about more than that. It was about what it means to exist right now as a person of color in a mostly white space. It was about racism in America. Like, damn. You feel me? Like, Utah, bro. Yeah. And there's a track record. There's a long track record of people. And we've talked about this on previous podcast episodes. Utah fans have gotten bad rep. They got bad rep last year. Right? Yeah. Did it again this year. The playoff series versus OKC. Yeah. Did it again this year. Right? And it's like, oh, Russell Westbrook, he likes to talk. He likes to start. And yeah, he does. He's fiery. He plays with emotion. But one thing Russell Westbrook is going to do is going to play with that same emotion every single game of his season. Mm -hmm. He's not going to do it to certain crowds. He's not going to do it when it's Utah. He's not going to do it when it's, you know, any other specific city. He's coming 82 games strong at home, on the road, in the playoffs, with all the emotion and all the energies he's got to exert, right? So for Utah to specifically heckle players like Westbrook or players of color, that's where the racism comes in. And we've heard it about Boston. We've heard it about – I mean, I'm sure it's happened everywhere because racism is not in Boston. Racism is not just just in Boston. It's not just in – Utah, like right. it's it's in South Florida as well, and in many different ways. But when you go to a Heat game, you're not going to sit here and see players, uh, fans getting into it with players on some racist shit. So it's just the fact that Russell Westbrook deals with fans a lot. Like you've seen fans flick him off, you've seen fans touch him, you've seen fans trying to get in his head all game because he's balling. And this guy felt like it was necessary to, to say what he said just because he, you know, he paid a few hundred bucks for his ticket and has that barrier of security. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the zoo. It's like the zoo, you know, you, you, you fuck with a monkey at a zoo, bro, because that boy got bars in front of him. And it's so crazy that you say that because Kyle Corbin and St. Pete said how, you know, after they had a, you know, team meeting and, you know, the president 
or I think the owner of the Jazz, you know, she was there. And they came together and talked about it. And, they, you know, everybody kind of, I guess, went around the room and shared their experience of how they, you know, they've dealt with this. You know, and like you said, it's not just Utah. It's, you know, it's it's America. It's right. racism. Racism right. in America. So no matter what, you know, they didn't say, you know, exactly which uh, arenas they were. Right. But they said that they've dealt with it. And Kyle Corbett was just saying, like, the stuff that was, you know, coming out of their mouths, like, he couldn't believe that they've had to deal with this and he couldn't believe like what you know they were being told and things that to go through and he said one of his teammates said that it felt like when the situation happened with you know Westbrook he said it felt like being in a zoo like it felt like an animal being in a zoo I'd imagine give me another quote because this is it gets deeper <laughs> so it gets this, deeper. this is the one that I feel like really like was like the strongest. Like I mean, there was a lot of strong things, but I feel like this is the one that really like struck home that people have to really think about. And he goes, I know that as a white man, I have to hold my fellow white men accountable. We all we, uh... have to hold each other accountable. And we all have to be accountable, period. Not just for our own actions, but also for the ways that our inaction can create a safe space and he put, you know, safe in quotes for a safe space for toxic behavior. Reread that last sentence. He's, I got you. He said, not just for our own actions. We all have to be accountable, not just for our own actions, but also for the ways that our inaction can create a quote unquote safe space for toxic behavior. It's a fact. I mean,. It's, it's like, I, I a thousand percent agree with, you know, how you said, you know, being, well, not the part about being Hispanic, but like me being mixed, I've always had a certain, I've always had a different outlook on it, mm-hmm. you know, being both white and black, but I always kind of identified, I guess, if you want to say it as black. And for me, I was kind of granted the ability or the gift for when I see people, I don't see color i don't see race you know because i have you know so many different things like i just see people and to cut you off really quick um, i like my thing it's like we judging is what we do right right but we have the mental capacity to understand what's right and what's wrong right so we know when we see a white person we think something we know when we see a Chinese person, we think something. We know when we see a black person or a Spanish person, we just think something because we're human, right? Like when you see somebody, you think something of that person. You're not going to look at somebody, observe them, and have no thought about this person. You don't know them, so you're just thinking about them or a thousand possibilities climb through your head, right? So, But, but we don't let the ones that shouldn't stick where the race has to do with the opinion, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the race is there, and I might have had a thought about something, whether it's good, whether it's funny, whether it's bad, whether it's crazy, but that's not my real opinion about this person, right? Because we know better than that, and that's not who we are as people. That's not what you do as people. To, to get back into your point of, you know, the difference of, I just, the difference of like, yeah, we do judge people in our heads, everybody, you know what I'm saying? So we do notice the race, but right. we don't let that affect nothing. 
You feel me? Right, right, right. And so to bring back home to Kyle Corbett's point, I, you know, in this, obviously in this, you know, particular situation, we're talking about racism. And a lot of times with race, it's, you know, like I said, it's white and black. And he's talking about holding his fellow, you know, white men accountable. But I think the big thing to take away from this is just the accountability within itself. Because, for example, you know, with Nipsey Hussle, how he was basically gunned down by somebody that he somewhat knew, somebody in his community. And I feel like when it's like, with something that like that that hits home, you have to hold, in that, in, in that particular situation, you have to hold your fellow black men accountable. Like, accountability is so For sure. key to, I feel like, success within this America that, you know, we're given. And it's not, granted, it's not perfect, but it's what we got. Mm-hmm. And in order to try and make things a little better each and every day, that when things like this come up, whether it be Tabasafalosha, um, police brutality, whether it be Russ getting racial slurs at him at a game. Or, or Colin Kaepernick. Or Colin Kaepernick <laughs> like doing the a, biggest, a the biggest. silent protest for trying to hold his country my, his country, country he was born in, his country, trying to hold <laughs> them accountable. He tried to hold the United States of America accountable for what both happens and doesn't happen within our borders. And this man got blacklisted and shoved out the league. To the point where the NFL said, fine, we will pay you $10 million eventually. Because... And it wasn't, You're it never was, going to play and, again. And that was $10 million, I think, to split between him and Harry Listen, the fact that it's so alive and so in our face every day is, is like, you think about, damn, I imagine living in the 60s. And obviously, it's not at a point where, you know, we got white and black water fountains and white and black restrooms. Like, nah. Maybe in some places still, you know. So I believe that. So, but the fact that it, it feels like like old times again in a sense of that aftershock, like damn, like damn, you know what I'm saying? Like why? I I just never understood what drove people to 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 be like that, like racially. Why are you gonna be so racist? Like why? What is it doing for you? Because it's like, it's not the popular opinion. And it's not something that if you're trying to go against the grain, it benefits. So what, as a person, can you not, like, understand that that, that's for another day? And, you know, we're going to wrap it up shortly, but to basically piggyback off of what you just said. I want to bring up, you know, one last quote from, mm-hmm. from this article. This is interesting. Um, he goes, two concepts that I've been thinking about a lot lately are guilt and responsibility. When it comes to racism in America, I think that guilt and responsibility tend to be seen as more, more or less the same thing. But I'm beginning to understand how there's a real difference. 
as white people, are we guilty of the sins of our forefathers? No, mm -hmm. I don't think so. But are we responsible for them? Yes, I believe we are. For sure. And he's, yo, he's spot on. Like, sounds like an author. That is probably the, the realest, truest thing I've heard in quite some time. People don't understand that. Not everybody understands that. And that's where my question was. It's like, how do you not understand that? Right? Yeah. Like, this is where it's like, don't sympathize, empathize. Feel me? Like, that's the perfect. Don't. They say don't live in the past. Just move forward. Just keep them, keep them going forward. And not to say every single person is, but we got a bunch of people in this country and it's a bunch of people that are. You feel me? Mm -hmm. So, real quickly, if you were down, I wanted to talk some playoffs because I know it's Friday night right now. By the time this gets up, some playoff games will be in action. We can talk about the series real quick as a whole, right? Mm -hmm. We're not going to sit here and think who's going to win game one. No, 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 no. Let's talk about these series. And we're going to start in the East. I think the East is more interesting as a first-round matchup. No, I think the West is more interesting. Yeah, so, but yeah, besides one matchup, I think all the rest are interesting. Right. So let's start with the one eight, right? And uh, Giannis versus Blake Griffin. Sweep. Get the the good old fashioned broom. Is there anything else to say about that? Get the brooms out. Blake's my Blake's my dog. I'm glad he had, he had you know he had a resurgence to come back. You know, he took the Pistons to the playoffs. He, yo. he, he, he took, took the Pistons, Pistons to the playoffs. That's lit. They need to trade Andre Drummond and get him like a point guard. Did anybody think uh, Blake Griffin would be back in the playoffs when he was traded to the Pistons? No, people oh. thought he was just that was like that was the end of his career. He was, he was just going to be buried. Never never heard from him again. He's padding on them stats. So, but it's over. When when this game four, it's over. Giannis is going to kill it. Oh, man. Uh, let's go 2-7. Toronto, Orlando. Sweep. Get the brooms. Get the brooms. Jonathan Isaac is clear to play in uh, game one, but it doesn't matter Kay. because it's not enough. Pascal Siakam, I think we're going to see a big-time series from him because this is a perfect place to get your feet wet to ball. Most improved player candidate right there. And it's tough. And we'll see. Him and we'll see. We'll and see. These playoffs might tell it. I know it's a regular season award, but if it came down to the wire, it's like, damn, let's use these playoffs, right? Mm -hmm. And we're talking – I know we're talking Philly and Orlando as opponents, right? So it's like, damn, Siakam's going again. But Aaron Gordon. Or, or Toronto and Orlando. Toronto. No, no, no. I'm saying like D'Lo's playing Philly oh, and right, he's right, playing right, Orlando. Right, so right. it's like, eh. But Aaron Gordon is still – you know what I'm saying? That's starting four. And he's not going to just get balled on. Like, let's not. So, but yeah, sweep anyways. Three, six. Uh, let me get that. Three, C? Philly. Philly, Brooklyn. Wow. I forgot Philly was a three, C. Um, this is where it gets interesting in the East, right? Yeah, because you guys were thinking that Toronto Brooklyn would be a good series. 
And I said, bring the brooms out. I said, bring the brooms out. I thought Toronto, Brooklyn was the worst case scenario for D'Lo and the Nets on just trying to go ahead and, and win one series, let alone a couple games, maybe take it to seven. But he might have gotten the perfect of the top three. Right. Now, the game slows down. Joel Embiid dominates. There's Jimmy Butler out there, Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris. This is a good defensive team, right? So it'll be tough for D'Lo to get going. And the Nets, you know, with no playoff experience on this roster, be tough. But the way D'Angelo Russell's been balling and the way the Nets have been playing have to translate. Like, it's not going to just go away. Right, they're playing really good right now, and Philly isn't playing great. Joel Embiid might miss game one. Ben Simmons, I mean, he he could be the X factor for Brooklyn. I mean, it's it's not just the fact that he can't shoot the ball; it's the fact that he's unwilling to shoot the ball. No, he can't shoot the ball in the game. He can't shoot the ball in the game yet. I don't think so. I think if he had, it, it's the confidence. Shooting hey, is a confidence. Gian, Giannis can't shoot either. Shooting bro. isn't a isn't a like these dudes know how to shoot. Everybody knows how to shoot in the league. Brown, Brown it's said the confidence he, to shoot. Brown, Brown says he practices. Oh, he practices all the time. Practice shooters. It's different, bro. Being in the game in the playoffs, I, I, I taking jump shots. But it ain't you don't same. know until you you're in game situation. Oh, he been in game situation. He ain't pull the trigger. That's what I'm saying. You gotta pull it. So it ain't gonna come out just and that's magic. My, and that's my point. But Philly can still win without Ben Simmons shooting a jump shot. Oh yeah, they won't go deep. But right. They got the first right. Round. Well, we're talking about Brooklyn. So I honestly think that this series can go six, and I got Philly winning it. I have to. Philly might win five. You know, winning five, but I think they have a chance to go six. It make it interesting at the end of game six, but still lose. Because Brooklyn's had that like that type of yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, I feel like I'll, I'll say sixty Philly. Uh, then we got four five. We have Indiana and Boston. Boston at four. Correct. Indiana at five. This is another six two. Yeah, I think so. If they had Victor be going seven, but they don't. And they might have won if they had Victor. They they might they might have won if they had Victor. Honestly, honestly, but they don't. Kyrie's gonna play. No, Mark is smart. I think that's why it goes deep at six. But it's still got scary, Terry. Like, they're deep enough to where it's... Like, you, you definitely notice but that they have not to click. No, and that's, that's, that's the, the thing. thing. That's the thing. They just can, have to click. And they, they can't. They don't beat themselves. Eight, they've had 82 games to do it. My thing is, I like Gordon Hayward um, coming into these playoffs because he's he's not fresh, but he's fresher than these guys, right? Like... I think the Celtics forced him into playing way too early this season. And they could have kind of went with the roster they had, plus a Kyrie, let Gordon Hayward work his yeah. way in more and more and more, not lessen Tatum's role right away maybe. That was then. This is now. Gordon Hayward has his legs under him. He's gotten his confidence. Like, he's playing better. He's not having a bad end of the year. He didn't have a bad end of the year. And he has a chance to just be that X factor in – this series to where, all right, damn, like Kyrie's got it popping, Horford's getting it in, uh, Scary Terry's hitting some shots, but damn, we can't stop Hayward. Tatum's balling, Jalen Brown's having a good game. I don't know. I mean, it's Indiana. 
I'm saying, you get seven games against Indiana's week. Like, they still could ball. Know. It's it's not even just you don't know. Like, you just don't know what Boston's going to show up, I feel like. That's the thing. That, that's what we're saying. So, I like Boston at six, though. I agree. Uh, that's the East, right? Mm-hmm. Going to the West, we got 1-8, Golden State. Give me L.A. Clippers. Give me a broom Give me, and a dustpan. Let me get the Swiffer Sweeper. All right, <laughs> we go. We go spray with, it with the jet. With, with, with the, the jet, jet. The, and yo, and it's a brand new pad, so it's not even gonna be all smelly. Listen, Golden State, they're gonna be waiting for uh, the winner of the Rockets versus the Jazz. Jazz. But before that, mm. this series right here, two seven. Ooh. Give me Denver. Give me San Antonio. Yeah. Fight. San Antonio has a very good chance to get out the first round. A very good chance to get out the first round because I think Popovich will outcoach the hell out of Mike Malone, right? Being in the playoffs for the first time in how many years? Denver, they got that crowd. They got home court. It's going to be crazy. But I do think Denver can outplay the Spurs, right? I just feel like. As great as Popovich is and as much respect I have for Pop, I feel like the only constant they really have is Lamarcus Aldridge. And it's sad that you're saying that because DeMar DeRozan is their starting shooting guard. But and but we we've seen enough of DeMar DeRozan. I'm just saying play, it. No, play no, I know. It, I do, but that's why I'm saying it's sad because it's like to be honest, you know I think the second best player that they have on that team. No, know, you know. Patty Mills, Patty. Yeah, man. playoff Patty. No. <laughs> Patty, <laughs> Patty Mount Mills. Oh. We've seen it. I'm crying. We've seen oh, it. Patty. Damn. Patty has given people daggers. Oh man, Patty loves he, it. He's got a whole collection, all yeah. different kinds. <laughs> I out. got hurt hate for Patty Mills. In a basketball arena. But LaMarcus and Patty ain't enough. So they got DeMar. <laughs> no, man, I'm just, uh, all I'm saying is, what I, what I was saying is, I do think Popovich is going to outcoach the hell out of Mike Malone, but I don't think, uh, I do think Denver is going to outplay the Spurs. So um, the Spurs aren't going to beat themselves in the playoffs, right? That's going to be tough for Jamal Murray. Gary Harris, Will Barton, um, Jokic. These guys never been. Spurs, definitely. It's people on the Spurs that then won championships. Yeah. So, it's, people don't realize the magnitude of that. Like, people think that it's just something you say and, oh, you know, veteran leadership, this, that. Oh, uh, experience. Oh, coaching experience. Listen, you know what to expect. The game slows down in the playoffs. Who plays the, one of the best half-court sets in the league? Not literally uh, with the stats, but the game plan. Mm-hmm. And it's the Spurs. So it's going to be interesting. I, I'm still thinking of, of, of my calculation, but I, I'm going to go before you spit it out. I want to see. I'm going to say Denver in six. I agree I think they win two at home. I think they win one in San Antonio. 
and then win at home. I think it goes two, two, and two. I think Denver gets the first two. San Antonio going back home to San Antonio get the next two, and then Denver is closes out the last. We got three, six. Give me Portland. Give me OKC. Yeah. Yeah, Portland, OKC. Probably the most interesting, I feel like, in the West right now. And and give me Portland with home court advantage. Where they play that real Portland Blazers basketball, right? Damian Lillard's going to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. We're going to get to see Russ Brook. Russ Brook, you heard that? Russ Brook. That's his name. We're going to get to see Russ Brook versus Damian Lillard in the first round. Have we ever seen that? No. That's a duel. That's a duel. We're talking about a triple-double machine and an animal. And one of the most underrated players in the league. He's an animal. And then um, McCullum's health. I don't know, his leg, you know what I'm saying? That leg been bothering him. And they got no nerd seats. But Paul George, that shoulder. We don't know what that shoulder's like. Like, like he's good, but but it's hurting. Mm-hmm. He'll thug it out. He's thugging it out right now. I'm telling you, he's not no 100%. Obviously, nobody's 100%, but he is, He's for playoff time, he's, yeah. he's, he's hurting. Yeah. But great players get through that. Great players. Oh, man. First round. This is my thing. Like, I don't know if OKC is deep enough, right? But I also feel like, see, I, I can't, until I see otherwise, I can't get that taste out of my Ooh, mouth. Ooh, you the, reminded of me of the port, sweep. The port. And they had home court. You reminded me of the sweep. The brow swept them. Get the brooms again this year, OKC. You're feeling the brooms? No. But just thinking about last year. (laughs) Just thinking about last year. No, no, no. no, It's not going to happen. But I do. I do think that, 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 oh, man. This game, this this series might go seven. This might be one of the first. that's the thing. First round seven. It has the potential to go seven. But will it? Portland's such a wild card every year in the playoffs. Like, I don't know how to judge that. Steven Adams is going to dominate inside that paint. That's all I know. He, he, him and Kanta play together. He knows Kanta in and out. But Kanta knows him too. Kanta knows him too. Okay, he's not going to dominate the paint. Because I forgot Kanta. They got Rodney Hood, bro. Like, this, I, I, think it, I think it goes seven. I think it goes seven. I think this series is like an exciting series. It's like it's like because what OKC is it again? I feel like it's gonna be one extreme to, to the next. Like it's either gonna go seven or it's gonna be like five. Like yeah, yeah. like a sweep maybe. Yeah. Like it's it's the two extremes. There's no middle ground here. So you going with seven? I'm going seven, and I take OKC. Considering considering that there's home court, yes. I'm gonna say considering. The lack of health on both sides. I'm gonna take OKC in six. I feel comfortable with six. Don't feel like it's gonna be six, but I'm gonna be comfortable with six. And we get four or five. Right? Oh man, we get we get we get Houston 
MVP candidate. Damn, With the home court advantage versus Utah. Where the hecklers run wild throughout the concessions. <clears throat> we got Joe Ingles. Joey Ingles. We got Baby Wade. Donovan Mitchell. Spider. We got Ricky Rubio and the crier, Rudy Gobert. He wanted that award. He wanted that All-Star game. The, the Eiffel Flower. Oh, man. Listen, Patrick Beverly was giving tips to Jay Crowder on how to defend Harden. It's that serious. Spoiler Bro, if you're trying to make it to the second round, bro, listen to me. Spoiler alert. I got the Warriors, dog. (laughs) Spoiler alert. There is no stopping James Harden. Oh, God. Everything that you have written down, throw it away. Yeah, everything that you you think you know, you don't know. We've seen Utah versus Houston before. And it doesn't go well for Utah much times. James Harden, is he going to average 30 a game? That's really what I'm, like, focused on. Is James Harden going to average 30 a game versus Utah in the first round of the playoffs this year? I think he does. I think he does. That's a safe, I think over, that's a safe over under. Right? I think he has to, though. Right? I don't even think he has to. I don't think he's going to do it just to do it. He can do it to do it. I think he has to. I don't think the Jazz are a team to play with like that and not let. So, so, so what you saying? I think... <sighs> This, nah, five games is a safe bet. Like, I think Houston locks it up five games. It can be some good games in there, but they're not going to win. You know what I'm saying? Like, Utah's not going to finish it. I think it goes to Houston. Uh, Utah comes out, probably wins that first one at home, and that second one at home is just a different ball game. And then just close it out at that point. But it's like, are they going to close it out, or is Utah going to have that? Last fight to where they push it to six, go back and just lose at home. But I just see it more five games. I feel you. I like I, Utah. I like five. Like you said, five, five is a safe one. I, I like, like Utah. I, I, like, I like five. But James Harden is trying to win this MVP. And I mean, his case is already closed, but mm, it's a regular season award, is what I'm saying. So this doesn't matter well, in regards to that. That's what y'all be telling me. Well, I, 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 like, I know he's gonna ball out. I know, but I know that this don't count for no MVP. I know. I mean, I like your five, but I'm gonna have to raise you on because uh, I I need to bring up the the sweet Swiffer with double jets. Yeah. Whoa! Because Harden's dropping thirty four. I don't care. With you got CP3, Clint Capella, you got the the, the trio back, the brothers back. You gotta you gotta remember something, my man. If we're putting this title, baby Wade, on somebody like Donovan Mitchell, who very much could have won rookie of the year last year, very much balled out in the playoffs last year in his rookie year. Mm-hmm. Has another opportunity to do so this year again. And I think he takes full advantage of it. 
He just doesn't have the many pieces he needs to be able to advance against a team like Houston, right? At his spot, he shouldn't even be having to play Houston because we thought Houston would get the two seed. But that's the way the cookie crumbles, and I think he has an amazing uh, series, and I think he has enough to squeak out one game at home. Utah's got defense. You know what I'm saying? It's, this is this is that's one thing. They're physical and they have defense. So, like Chris Paul, like which Chris Paul we're gonna get? That's what I want to know. First round, which Chris Paul we're gonna get? Because when we get to that second round, it's gonna get scarier for Chris Paul because the tread on the tire. It's starting to show. I feel that, but that's the second round. Right, right, right. No, I know. He's, he's, he's getting the wheels turning. He's, he's starting the engine. He, you know, he's 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 at he's at the red light of revenue. He's ready to take off. Okay, okay. I can't speak on the second round, but as the first one goes, give give me this, the the sweet swift chat. Sorry, Mister Mister Mitchell. <laughs> Say a go bear. Your jet has arrived. <laughs> if, 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 if he really is baby Wade, third year will be the, be the tell all. This, this is second year. <laughs> the third year, we gotta. He ain't winning no goddamn championship, so. 4 5, me please. And that goes to. It's at the tip of my tongue. That was the 4 5. That was a 4-5. Damn, I'm excited for more series. When we was done with the East, I'm like, damn, that's it? <laughs> it's going to be good. I mean, you know, we got two Swiffer Sweepers in there in the West. We got one in the East. No, we got two. Nah. Yeah. You're saying that in the East, Brooklyn gets swept? I'm saying that Detroit gets the Oh, Detroit. Sweep, Detroit. And we do Orlando got gets that sweet Swiffer Sweeper. Yeah. Who's going to lose worse? Uh, is it going to be Detroit versus Milwaukee? Yes. Or... You want me to tell me the second one? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I don't know. I don't know. Los Angeles Clippers versus the Warriors, bro. They can get it. Oh, see, I thought you were okay. No, no, no. no. Oh, I'm talking about, about the one yeah. season. Oh, Warriors, Clippers, man. they might expose them. Some of them teams that wear red and blue. But, but, I feel like what we've seen, don't get me wrong, it's going to be a sweep. But I feel like from what we've seen from the Warriors at this point in time and the Bucks, Warriors been doing this. They, they ain't got nothing to prove. They just going to handle business. But the Bucks, oh, they they going to come out fire. They have to. And they, they, they lucky and they got the pistons, bro. That's they, all I'm going to say. They going to they're lucky they got them they, pistons, they gonna, though. They They're lucky they got those pistons. The Warriors are waiting for. And I wish, I wish this would be a. Oh, I wish we could talk more, bro. I wish we could, because I would get into second round and expectations and what Giannis ain't gonna do in the Eastern Conference Finals. But that's we might see Boston, Milwaukee in the. Second round, right? Yeah. 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 That went seven last year. And then we got Philly. That was no Kyrie. No Gordon Hayward. Yeah, I understand. It's a petty argument, but it's there. It's playoffs. You're talking about playoff Kai. 
But that also wasn't. Giannis, Giannis, where you at? I'm calling him out. I'm just calling him out. You want to be the king of the East now that LeBron left? You want to take full advantage of that, right? How about this? Kawhi Leonard can take control of this Eastern Conference playoff. He can do that. And he might do it better than Giannis does it. Stop it. Stop it. Giannis about... We talking about zero, 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 zero for every stat right now. We talking about health is looking good on both sides. And we talking about a team that supports Kawhi better than a team that supports Giannis better. Innocence. 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 Ah, could be pushing it right there. Mm-hmm. But for the sake of my argument, <laughs> we might see. I'm still thinking that Kawhi Leonard. You're close to the edge. You bring it back a little bit. All right, all right. But I'm still going to keep my argument with Kawhi Leonard having a better playoff than Giannis. I don't like it. And I don't think I should say that. That's what I'm going to tell you. I don't think I should be saying that. But. That's it His numbers, this is what's going to help. His numbers versus Detroit are going to be incredible. Let me get some of that old school Boston defense, right? Let me see them boys not beat Boston in the second round. If Boston advances, because I think Boston advances like you do, right? Let the boys not beat Boston in the second round. I'm going to leave. That as that. That's the first round. We'll, we'll let y'all marry Until yeah. next week. Thank you guys for listening. Follow us on Instagram, official ATS Pod, Twitter, ATS Pod, twitch.com slash ATS Pod. Every week on SoundCloud and iTunes, Apple Podcast app. Thank you for listening. Every day, like God is good, God is great. Keep your pace, young and turtle always wins the race. Mindset, the enterprise from outer space. Brown was zoo, is you a wolf or you a snake? Worth a kiss, love always overweighs the hate. She getting lit, you tryna stop or use a lane. It's a hit, tell your DJ, let that record play. Live from a PPI, mic check, 954. You shouldn't be surprised, you already know the vibes. I miss my niggas, free the guys, free the army.
stay out the way. GGG, Gene on green, they rockin' bait. Elevated, I'm in a whole nother space. To the face, I need a milli to the face. Get the cake, stay low and stay out the way. GGG, Gene on green, they rockin' bait. Elevated, I'm in a whole nother space. Pardon me, pardon these, hold these, nigga, fuck up, nigga, ayy.